I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. For all the music enthusiasts out there, we have some interesting updates for you. Primary Wave Music or PWM, which is the name behind musical legends like Stevie Nicks, Bob Marley, and Prince, is getting up to hit the Indian diaspora through its recent partnership with Desi Music label Times Music. For anyone unfamiliar with PWM, they are a New York-based independent publisher of music that is also responsible for managing various talents. like artists producers and songwriters and according to the wall street journal through this deal it is predicted that the valuation of this new joint venture will rise to 100 million dollars but what brings pwm to india well currently india is the 14th largest music market in the world and will make up about 80% of the country's revenue in 2022 and as per the international federation of phonographic industry Revenue via recorded music grew by 48% to 319 million dollars last year compared to the previous year. All that's there, but it seems both parties, be it Times Music or PWM, have this common ground where they are eyeing the international market. And this partnership will offer both parties a helping hand towards that expansion. For PWM, well firstly, Through this partnership it will get to make its debut in the Indian markets and make catalog investments in Bollywood South Indian music non-film music and other indie artists It's also hoping to monetize Indian IP in the international market On the other hand this could help Times Music take its artists to international platforms Indian music is already making a big splash overseas with Diljeet Dosanjh performing at Coachella this year and Natu Natu winning an Oscar. Now as per the journal, PWM is also hoping to gain a foothold in India, which is a rapidly growing streaming market. In fact, Indian streaming amounts to a grand 19.1 hours per week as compared to the global average that is 17.8 hours per week as per the Mint report. That holds a lot of weight in terms of market share and reach. Think about it this way. Some of the non-Bollywood artists who are amplifying their presence in the global market are emerging in the international scene partly because of streaming. I know I'm not just talking about Diljeet. Think about Prateek Kohar. This guy whose song was one of Barack Obama's 2019 favorites was already popular before he even stepped foot into Bollywood, which was much later, and all thanks to streaming. To add to that, Social media platforms like YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels are also bringing in a lot of new listeners. What this is doing is that it is directing listeners' attention towards non-Bollywood independent music as well. However, there is a flip side to this whole thing. Despite having such a large listener base, India's per stream payout is drastically lower than the US and European numbers. As per a 2020 report by Media Nama. The industry norm for per stream is just about rupees 0.10 to 0.15 on an average. That's due to the business being ad driven and services like Spotify having lower subscription rates due to consumers resistance to paying for music. 
For the next few minutes, you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Manaswini, and this is the Deep Dive for 27th April 2023. In a country where everyone loves their tea, Starbucks has been making an effort to make a name for itself. And it looks like it is doing pretty well. Tata Starbucks, which is run by a partnership between Tata Group and Starbucks, made over rupees 1000 crore in sales for the year 2022 and 23. Starbucks performed so well that it reportedly even had a positive impact on Tata consumer products' overall net profits. So Starbucks kicked off in India 11 years back in 2012. And it's been going full throttle ever since. In fact, according to Tata Investors' presentation, in the previous fiscal year, the coffee giant managed to achieve its fastest ever store expansion by adding 71 stores to its portfolio. And as a result, the total number of Starbucks outlets in India has now reached a staggering 333, making it one of the most widespread coffee chains in the country. Besides, it's also making operational profits which simply means profits before paying taxes and interest. Now, some feel that initially Starbucks wasn't nimble enough in its expansion strategies. So how did it plan its growth in India? To look into this question, we invited our very own Soumya Gupta in this episode. Soumya is a writer at The Signal and author of The Impression, which is one of our newsletters, which primarily focus on the business of content. And she's also a resident expert on all things retail. Now, one thing Starbucks did in India initially is that they prioritized getting each individual store operationally profitable before scaling up rapidly. The coffee chains are very much a come and sit and spend time business, you know, not as much a delivery business. This has always been the case right from the heydays of Cafe Coffee Day, which pioneered this business in India. What they did with the coffee shop is they made it a cool place to hang out. It is a place to take uh, work meetings, to go on a date to make an air-conditioned pit stop on your way around the city or on your way even on a highway. So Cafe Coffee Day was a uh, like a milestone or a landmark wherever you might be, where you know that the service will be the same, that you can grab a coffee and you can sit in a comfortable, clean and uh, cool environment. This is very much unlike fast food chains like McDonald's and Burger King and others. They grow very much on the back of online deliveries. But coffee chains rely very heavily on ensuring that there are steady footfalls coming into the store. That also means that getting profitable for a store is very hard in the coffee chain business. You need to open stores wherever you can see a catchment area. Uh, A catchment area is a place where target uh, customer group is available commonly and will come to you. So, for example, if there's a Starbucks store near a metro station, then they know their catchment area will be about a kilometer or two kilometers radius from that area because people are coming to that metro station and they'll want to sit and grab a coffee, etc., so you need to open a store at every catchment area that such a place is also going to have very high rent. And in the food and beverage business, rent can really be a killer. That cost can end up being almost as up to a third of your total cost, one third of your total cost. So you need to make sure that you optimize your rent very carefully. Then comes uh, food cost and uh, Employee costs, now Starbucks will need to make sure that all their cafes are manned by very well-trained baristas. And then uh, food costs can also be very high, but obviously, unlike with a fine dining chain of restaurants, uh, a coffee chain is not going to have very high food costs. 
most of their food is prepared in a central kitchen and then shipped to each store where it's reheated and then served so that can be arranged a little bit but rent and employee cost will be very high so basically as somya points out starbucks has cracked the code to profitability by carefully managing the costs of each store and making sure they generate profits this is precisely why tata starbucks is aggressively expanding its business in india and planning to open more outlets in the near future and to add to what somya just mentioned starbucks also made some changes to its menu to appeal to the local taste buds For instance it introduced cardamom chai masala chai and filter coffee in select outlets across Bengaluru Bhopal Indore and Gurugram but it is not the only player in the coffee game in India it is facing some competition from two global giants Tim Hortons from Canada and Pretamanger from the US who have also made their way into the Indian market and are slowly gaining popularity And by the way Starbucks isn't just competing with international chains but also with local coffee brands like Blue Tokai and Third Wave Coffee that have gained a cult like following among younger generations. Now despite the rise of these hip new coffee shops Somya makes an interesting point that they won't exactly be able to shake Starbucks reign in India. Starbucks is not the only coffee chain in India there's many more now there's Blue Tokai it's been around for a while and this January they raised 30 million dollars as well from a bunch of investors and then there's Third Wave Coffee there's Barista and Cafe uh, sorry Barista and Costa Coffee that have been around for a very long time in India but they remained smaller presence they never scaled up to kind of pan India presence that Cafe Coffee Day had at its peak no one has been able to replicate that kind of success Uh, in fact, uh, the new ones like Blue Tokai are positioned at a premium. They also end up making a lot of money from selling their brewed coffee beans through their stores and online. So that's a separate side of their business, an FMCG sales business. Now, Starbucks is also at a premium uh, in its positioning and pricing, but because the kind of success it's had so far, and because they would have probably now figured out their store level unit unit economics. they are probably in the best position currently to try and take a shot at replicating that kind of cafe coffee day success this is the user behavior is there it hasn't changed since that time uh, all the starbucks now has to do is make sure that its model continues to work as they go into newer geographies into smaller and smaller cities into um, less affluent neighborhoods of big cities that they're already in and see if they're still able to figure out that customer Now if cafe coffee day is the king only time will tell if Starbucks can snatch its coffee throne but all this got me thinking in a country where tea is the go to beverage how is coffee performing in the market so despite india's deep rooted tea culture according to economic times the coffee market in the country has been growing up a storm with a value of nearly 1.6 billion dollars in 2020 The industry is even projected to reach 4.05 billion dollars by 2027. And why exactly is there an influx of coffee? Well, all thanks to the surge of online coffee brands, new coffee categories, an increase in spending power, and a willingness to explore and try out new coffee flavors. But hey, before I sign off for the day, which is your preferred go-to coffee shop? Starbucks or Cafe Coffee Day? Mail us your answers at hello at the rate the signal dot co. 
If you like listening to the Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at the rate the signal dot co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched, and produced by Akshaya and me, Manaswini. Edited by Shorbury. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We are the Signal dot co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.